freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 318 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, your nationwide premier firearms auction where you set the price on ammo, firearms, and <clears throat> accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We have a great show today. Our theme is Freedom Junkie and our guest is Betsy Dewey. Betsy is the founder of Freedom Junkie Radio Podcast. She's an author, speaker, a prepper, a rugged individualist, risk taker, constitutionalist, and former libertarian congressional candidate. Betsy is a freedom advocate who thrives outside her comfort zone and who cha uh, champions the power of individual freedom. She's also a professional musician, a fiddle player, and a singer-songwriter with a new release called We Can Agree. Welcome to the show, Betsy. Thank you, Cheryl and Dan. I'm so happy to be here. This is exciting. Now, you had me on your podcast, Freedom Junkie, just a few weeks ago, and uh, we had so much fun that we wanted to continue the conversation over here on our show. Yeah, that was a, it was a really great interview. That was wonderful. If anybody, if any of your listeners want to hear you interviewed, come on over to Freedom Junkie Radio and, and check out Cheryl's interview. Absolutely. So um, why, you know, being a libertarian, you know, that can be a little bit of a spectrum all in its own, like the whole political spectrum is truly a spectrum. And so within each party, you know, there's people that kind of slide on the scale of, of how constitutional they are, or, you know, how important this particular right is, or that sort of thing. And so uh, you have, you know, very strong libertarian leanings. I mean, you ran for Congress, holy cow, let's talk about that too. But why, you know, uh, what was the thing in your life that made the Constitution and the Second Amendment important to you? Well, I've always been fiercely independent. I never joined a libertarian, I mean, a political party until I got so angry about our, uh, our right to have a fair trial, which is, a, it was in 2011 and it got taken away. You can be detained indefinitely on suspicion of being a terrorist now since 2011. It was like in the Christmas holidays. And I got so angry over that, that I decided to run, I decided to join a political party to begin with. And then it was kind of a um, draw from the hip kind of thing. When I just, when I said, I'll run for Congress, I didn't think I would get to, but the Libertarian Party was thrilled and I did. Um, why I love the constitution and our Bill of Rights and our, uh, our founding documents is because 
freedom has always been my very favorite thing. The freedom to just get up and go and do whatever you want, be whoever you want. It's truly an American ideal and value. And we are guaranteed our rights. Our rights are naturally occurring, God-given, whatever you want to call them, that you're born with them. But our constitution is that is this high vibrational document that changed the course of history. And it's, I've just championed the constitution and our founding documents since I can remember. And I'm sure that came from the way I was raised too. My parents instilled how blessed I am to be an American always. Absolutely. I love that phrase you just used a high vibration document. Let's dig into that. Um, like how, cause some people want to call it a living document. Some people want to call it just a historical document. Um, and some people want to call it nothing at all. I know they well, want it can be amended it or it can be shredded. Yeah. Right. Um, so what, when you say high vibration document can unpack that for us a little bit. Well, everything's vibrational. Everyone's talking about that right now. I, I interviewed a vibratory physicist and how um, the vibration of something, if you break it down, if you, if you look into quantum physics at all, everything is, is vibration down to the tiniest um, thing that we can come up with beyond the atom. And you can tell when you're around someone that you vibe with, or, you know, like, do you you know, high vibes, low vibes, don't like those vibes kind of thing. And it's true. We've been talking like that for decades and not really understanding what we were saying, I think, because we've, it, it is a vibrational field. You have a vibrational field that comes out from your body. And when you get in a, a an environment or around people or in a room that has vibrations that you're attracted to, then, then that, that is, um, you're vibing with it. Now, birds of a feather flock together. And so low vibrational creatures, you know, misery loves company. If somebody's in a low <laughs> vibe, they want, they'd love it if you were in their low vibe with them and they find each other too. So by high vibrational document, I mean, the, the founders set out to, to put into writing, which is so powerful. So, you know, from thought to word to written, and then it's yours. And they, they recognized this, I guess, in the Declaration of Independence that we have the, the rights to um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But then to enumerate some of those and say, so you know, I was thinking about this this morning, the Bill of Rights our first amendment, you know, we're gonna talk about the second amendment, which is this yeah. phenomenal thing that happened. They didn't put it first. The first amendment was to say, you know, we've got all kinds of rights that are important it, because if we don't have our freedom of speech, we can't even talk about the rest mm -hmm. and our freedom to assemble. And these are not negotiable. Mm -hmm. They're not, and, and people are talking about our rights right now more than ever. It's wonderful because they've been so put into question. We've been, our, the censorship out there is just insane. We all know it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even post my entire interview with you, Cheryl, uh, on YouTube because we said things, we talked about things we weren't supposed to talk about. Very and great. that's censorship. And it's everyone should be uh, very concerned 
about that. Um, our right to assemble when they were saying things like, oh, only six people can assemble together at once at this. This is absolutely unconstitutional. It doesn't matter what a governor or a mayor mandates, a man that, that, that if it goes against your constitutional rights, which by the way, are all your rights. They enumerated a few, then the second amendment was stands alone. They had all these ones that came together, freedom of religion, freedom of press, you know, that was all in, in the first one. And then the second one is, and you have the right to bear arms and that shall not be infringed. Standing alone as number two. And I think that's really powerful. I don't know if I answered your question about the um, yes. high uh, vibration document. Yes. Yes. It, it's that thing that is, it's so powerful. We're all talking about it. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's got a high vibe and it's not going to stop. Yeah. The scary thing is, there's so I many people. There's so many people that are threatened by the Constitution now. The younger, new generation, they're threatened by it. And well, it's the unknown. That's the problem. They don't know it. They haven't read it. Yeah. All all 49 pages in my pocket Constitution, right, including the Bill of Rights. It takes a whole hour and a half. So we fear the unknown. So I I think you're right about that, Dan. Yeah. So. And I, I love, um, you know, it's the beginning of summer and that always makes the song Good Vibrations, uh, Beach Boys, right? Mm -hmm. Beach Boys. Uh, pop to mind. And so when you started talking about all of that vibrations, I'm like, you know what, that's, I'm going to spend some more time thinking about that because I think you're, you and whoever that was you interviewed is, are really onto something. Uh, and I think you're right. We've, we probably have been saying something that we felt at a deep level, but hadn't like processed really, you know, through our minds. And the scary thing is, you know, we are being censored right now, mm -hmm. but yet we're not doing anything about it. No, I mean, we're talking about it mm -hmm. and we're, but what can we do? I mean, how can we go to people like Facebook and say, no, you will not censor us? Yeah, that's the eight billion <clears throat> dollar question yeah. right there. I'm not saying we're not doing anything about it because we are, we're talking right now at least we're making it aware to people that are on the fence hey our our constitution is being stepped on absolutely well I, you know i think part of the problem is we're participating mm -hmm. if if we all decided hey facebook censors people i'm not going to participate then they would crumble it wouldn't exist so the best thing we can do is talk about it i try not to participate in facebook actually and well but but you know, it was this huge thing. My Twitter account is completely throttled. When I ran for Congress, I had over 9,000 followers. It's not that many, but when I was tweeting 10 years ago, if I, if I had 9,000 followers, I'd probably get 70 or so either retweets or comments, you know, some, it would, it would get a response if I tweeted something. Now it is zero, 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 zero. And I, it's Twitter um, unfollowed about 3,000 of my followers for me. So now it's down to about 6,000 and I don't even use it. There's no point yeah. in using it because no one sees what I tweet. Right. So it's 100% censorship. So I don't use Twitter. I use Facebook extraordinarily minimally, which I sometimes I feel like I'm not reaching people because I don't. And then I do use Instagram, but they censor people too. Yeah. So I, I mean, if people knew about Telegram, which as of now is free speech, there's nothing being censored that I'm aware of on Telegram. And I think everyone, all of your listeners that it's a, 
free app on your phone, just like the others. And it takes a little bit of navigating and getting used to. You can find Freedom Junkie Radio on there and um, search for some other people that that you know are on there and start communicating. It's really easy and I actually like it. But Well, and, the, you know, the social media presence and amount of, you know, followers and likes and all of that, that is a currency of its own. You know, it's, it's a, a strange form of, of social mm-hmm. currency, I think, and, and currency via influence and that sort of thing. But when we want to get super frustrated about being censored and, you know, our reach is being harmed, my brain goes to two major places in our history. One is, of course, you know, during the revolution, somehow, some way, people still got the message across uh, and, and formed networks and, and found each other. And, you know, the proof is that we're sitting here in a place called the United States. We don't have horses to go around. And we don't have horses to go around. Um, and then the other, the other time is, you know, during the time of, well, we're Christians. So of course my brain goes to during the time of Jesus. And so, you know, that message tried to get, I mean, censored, unto death right and um so somehow the message still moved forward and so i don't want people to to you know be unnecessarily discouraged but i also think like you're saying that we need to be smart about um you know i i feel like i'm going to use the uh the infrastructure that that facebook put into place until they physically remove me Um, but then I have other days that I I'm like, you know, well, why am I, you know, giving them any of my energy? I should be giving it to wait a minute. So, you know, Facebook, Mm -hmm. it's a life of its own. Mm -hmm. It's it's created to do whatever they do. If we don't stay on Facebook and try to at least get some words in there sideways somehow, Mm -hmm. then they're going to get exactly what they want. And we, we have to interact. For sure. In yeah, some ways, there. but, but I, I feel the same way. Why do we support? Mm-hmm. Because we're another number for them. And the more numbers we have, the better off they have, the better off they are. For sure. So, so I, I don't know the answer to that, but. Well, I want to move to the next question, if that's okay with everybody. <clears throat> um, talking about the second amendment, 27 whole words, you know, again, our founders were able to do so much with so little right? They were, you know, outmanned, outgunned, outfinanced, everything else. And yet they still came up against the, the strongest, most well-trained military presence on the planet at the time, Great Britain, and were able to prevail. Um, and they, they wrote this document. They gave us our roadmap, right? Our, our uh, recipe book, whatever you want to call and think about this inheritance, our, our Constitution and Bill of Rights in 49 pages in a pocket constitution size. And then in 27 words, they enumerated that God-given right to keep and bear arms, that natural right to keep and bear arms. Brilliant in, in the, the brevity. Um, for your personal journey uh, to, to finding that, to understanding that, to owning that, and to living that out, talk to us about your personal journey. Uh, with the Second Amendment? Well, I was raised in Texas by gun owners, and I learned to shoot at a young age and shot skeet as 
I had a blast shooting and being around guns and I never thought much about it. You know, BB guns all the way up. Then as a young woman, I didn't carry a gun and I didn't own a gun and I didn't think anything of it because I've always felt very comfortable and very safe and very um, comfortable in my skin and my ability to defend myself. And it wasn't until I ran for Congress 10 years ago that now we had, I mean, we've had rifles and shotguns and things, but the idea of carrying a weapon never crossed my mind. And I, um, when I ran for Congress, I had a, a fundraiser and my largest donor to my campaign was a Vietnam vet, a disabled Vietnam vet. And I wanted to speak with him and I did. And he said, I just have two questions for you. And one of them was, do, do you have your CHL? And I said, my what? And he said, your concealed handgun license. And I thought, do I need to? And I, I honored that question that he asked me and that he encouraged me to, to level the playing field there if I ever needed to. And so I did, my husband and I went and got our CHLs and then began the journey of me carrying a gun, which was and has been um, a, a real eye-opener and I love it. I didn't even realize that through high school, college, being a young adult, grad school, that I had inadvertently developed a, a slight fear of guns. It was weird when I saw a cop with his gun out on his, uh, on his hip, I thought, ooh, there's a gun and it's loaded and that's a little weird. And now once I got around my instructor and then we started carrying, I feel actually a lot safer when someone, and you know what I mean, cause y'all are gun people, when people have loaded guns around and that just, I, and so it is, I understand when people are a little freaked out by guns, it's something that we've been conditioned and I don't even know where that conditioning came from. Really, I have no idea why I was a little weirded out by uh, gun carriers, because now I'm not at all. And um, interestingly enough, I think in September, they just voted here in Texas to have constitutional carry in September. So my uh, license will be obsolete, but that's okay. Anyone can carry. And I think it's interesting that even a lot of people who have their license to carry don't actually carry. So you never know who has them and who doesn't. My instructor said, either you carry 100% of the time or you don't. Because if you carry sometimes, then you're not aware. You have to be aware that you have that gun on you and that you, that it's it's a part of you or it's not and so um anyway that's my my history with guns is just that that I've become more of a gun enthusiast in the last 10 years since I've had my license and we have a range on the property um and we we shoot and we introduce people to shooting and that's a lot of fun too so that's awesome well, congratulations, Texas, for uh, constitutional carry. Yeah, we I, have that in Arizona. Mm -hmm. You know, I we've had it for several years. They thought the world was going to end in Arizona because uh, anybody could carry a firearm that could legally own a firearm. And uh, it actually, crime was deterred more mm -hmm. because of that. And, uh, but we, you know, I've had my concealed carry permit from for ages. And I still get it because it helps keeps me informed with new laws, things like still that. Still take the class. So take the, the class. I encourage people to still take the class because yeah. it will put you in a different setting.
I think so too. And, um, you know, when you were talking about, you don't even know where that conditioning came from. And, you know, it is interesting how much we just kind of let wash over us and that we absorb, um, and kind of passively accept and become, you know, okay with agree with passively. Um, when you were talking about how your instructor said you either have it all the time or not at all. And I was thinking, you know, part of that conditioning comes from, there are places that they have prevented us from carrying. And so there's this whole inconvenience factor. So if you're saying, all right, so when I get up in the morning, I'm going to go to these, you know, three or four places. And one of those places is I have an appointment in, let's say a school or I have an appointment uh, in a government building or, you know, some other place where they've, you know, put up their little paper gun-free zone signs that are supposed to magically keep us safe somehow, which they don't. Um, so now you've got to rethink your whole day. And so many of us would go, well, you know what, I guess it's just not reasonable to carry today. So I'm just going to leave it at home in the safe. So what does that, you know what I mean? If it's inconvenient for us, then it's easier to leave it at home rather than us stand up and push back and go, no, I'm sorry, a government building. I pay for that. Right. I'm a taxpayer. Why are you disarming me? You know, a school, government funded school, uh, I pay for that, right? So it's just, I think we, we need to, you know, again, engage our, our minds and rethink how we're thinking. What do you think about that? Well, what it made me think of is people who, who really don't want us to carry guns. And this is, we need to educate them because there aren't, there isn't any more gun violence than other violence. And it's, you know, if you take the guns away, people use, we're seeing it in London, you know, people are still killing each other. If someone, it doesn't happen anyway. I, about having to rethink your day and, and not carry, um, there aren't very many places that I'm unable to carry. And I, I remember what you're talking about. I went into a hospital one time and I walked up and it said, you know, 30 out six. And I thought, uh, so I walked back out to the car and put it in the car and then it felt very uncomfortable the whole time I was in that hospital, knowing that if the guy comes in with the, you know, the crazy guy who wants to kill everybody, then I have to figure out another thing than, than helping to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's, people are afraid of those guys. They're afraid of these, the one in 300 million that's going to go and, and do something crazy. And so if we, if everybody who could carry a gun in a hospital did, which would be everybody in Texas come September, (laughs) well, not everyone. Okay. So let's say then are any of us, no, okay, you and I have been carrying guns for years. Mm-hmm. Are we more, are we more likely to kill someone? I mean, no, I would, I would never, I mean, I have such a huge, um, I just honor a life so much. I, the idea of killing someone would never cross my mind. Defending myself. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole point. Absolutely. And, um, reaching people who've been so conditioned mm-hmm. to think that, 
we can't have guns around. Like the hospital is a great example that they would think we can't have guns in here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how we reach those people. Right. Well, people don't think about, you know, the statistic, they, the, the same people that want to use statistics conveniently leave out the fact that you know, 250, I mean, yeah, 250,000 times every single year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she's armed and two and a half million times, at least two and a half million times every year, lives are saved because a responsibly armed citizen was on the scene. And so, you know, why, if, if we want to say that statistics matter, then those statistics matter as well. Well, And guns do help preserve and save lives every single day. If you look at the mass shootings that are all across the United States, the, the few that there are, there are some though. If you look at them, every single one of those, or I would say 99% of them, are gun-free zones. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see where they have a shooting spree at a police department or a FBI building or something like that? No. And so that we we put the we we tell the criminals, we tell the mentally insane, mm-hmm. we tell them there are no guns here. Right. 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 Until we should all be wearing one, t-shirts. Guy, we should right? all have t-shirts. I carry a gun, so you don't have to. <laughs> you know, but but it's like. That's the problem. It, they think just because you could have put a piece of paper on the door mm-hmm. that all of a sudden everybody's going to follow that law. Right. Kumbaya. And, and the thing is, along. the criminals know the honest people are going to follow that law, but I'm a criminal. I don't have to follow that law so I can go in there and I'm protected. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you are involved in the Arizona legislation. How about a state like Texas or Arizona, why don't we experiment with having no gun-free zones? Exactly. We should, we should approach our legislators about that and say, we're going to be a gun, um, gun-free, free yeah. state and see what, where the statistics go over the next decade. If, cause if it's true, what you're saying that gun-free zones are the only places that mass shootings happen. So mm-hmm. If we have no gun-free zones, then the statistically, we should have very, we shouldn't have any mass shootings. We should try it. Well, the problem with that is the other side, the side that are for gun laws would be terrified because it would work. And now they have nothing to, <laughs> what are they going to do? Okay. I mean, we already have the examples and they keep putting other blame. Like I just had an, a conversation with somebody yesterday about Chicago and they said, the guns are coming from other states. Like, yeah, but are those That's, other states you know, experiencing the same but levels the, of... Yeah, but the states that they're coming from, they don't have those crimes. Right. So, you know, guns come from all over the place. I, I don't argue that point, but I do argue the point that if, if we did that, it would work, and now they would have nothing to... Well, and I love that idea so much, yeah. uh, Betsy, because then our side could say, and you know what? training is important. We understand that, you know, we don't want, you know, to, to just, you know, say that, you know, we don't have to have the responsibility of education. So from the earliest ages, let's also implement, you know, like the Eddie Eagle program in, in I mean, younger you say school. Implement, like demand and then, it, or are you saying just voluntarily give it to just volunteer it just volunteer but but we can you have to no i don't want any mandatory training ever 
But I'm just saying that, you know, that could be our compromise. And really our compromise is what we want. We want to train, we want to empower our children from the earliest ages, how to responsibly and safely interact with and around firearms. Mm -hmm. And so we could kill two birds with one stone, pardon the pun, but I think you are onto something and we're going to talk more about that. But let's make Arizona that state. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's let's have a race. Yes, yeah. I like it. That'd and that's fun. healthy competition. So you've mentioned that you have a gun range. Um, talk to us about one of the clever uses you have for your gun range. Well, it was funny because it came up in our conversation that I've had, uh, I live in a very liberal city in Austin. I live just outside the city and I have lots of liberal friends and they end up out here. And one of the, and it's not just the liberals, it's anyone who sometimes it comes up and will say, so how do you shoot? We did it this weekend. We had um, a guy from England who had, he's only shot a gun once when he was about 12 and I think it was a rifle. And so he had never shot a handgun. And uh, well, it just comes up, it says, have you ever shot? Do you shoot? And they'll say yes or no, or whatever their thing is. And, and if they say no, we say, well, would you like to? And they usually say yes. And I've learned that you, when someone's shooting a gun for the first time, you don't want it to be a, like, go get your big one, you know, that knocks them back and is really loud and really scary. Start them with something little and easy and uh, go down and take some target practice. It's fun. People like to shoot. I mean, our kids run around shooting Nerf guns all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, or even before that, it was rubber band guns when we were kids or just your finger, you know, pop some rubber guns. Yeah. So um, we take them down and shoot. And I just multiple times within two years, those same friends that shot for the first time here are gun owners. Yep. That's so it's the key right there. F safe, fun, friendly, you know, experiential. It, it's perfect. It's brilliant. And I'm not a gun instructor, but I do, I go over the, what I know to be the four basic gun, um, safety rules, safety rules. Yes. And that's real quickly. You never put your finger on the trigger ever, 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 ever until you're ready to shoot. And I say, if you follow these and we do it in one minute, two minutes, they got it. Yeah. If you follow these, you will never accidentally shoot someone. It will never happen. Right. And don't put your finger on the trigger. I said, Hollywood is wrong. And even that lady in, in uh, St. Louis that were, they were defending when the, yeah. the riots were happening, she had her finger on the trigger and I was just like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Anyway, and uh, you never cross anyone with the gun. Every gun is always loaded yeah, and yeah. look beyond what are you, what's beyond what you're shooting at your target. Make sure there's nothing back there and you're good. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thankfully right. they were safe and thankfully everybody around them was safe, but uh, there was a lot of examples that you can use to say that's not the right way to hold the gun or to point the gun or to have the finger on the trigger. So yeah, you're right about that. Well, we took 25 people out once. I think it's 25 mm -hmm. from a corporation here in Phoenix that had never fired a gun. And we went out, we didn't have a range, so we went out in the desert and we started with 22s and went all the way up to machine guns and everybody could do the pace they wanted. Mm -hmm. So if you only wanted to shoot the little gun, you could, but you had to start there no matter what. You couldn't just go to the big gun everybody went all the way through it they shot everything and there wasn't one disappointed person there and every gun had an instructor with the gun so we had 25 
people instructors that were there with every gun yeah. and it was very successful i wish we could do it again because that's 25 people that probably 20 of them are going to go out and buy some firearms and, mm -hmm. and learn to be a responsible gun owner yeah so i, I love that you have yeah, a range awesome. first of all i'm jealous oh my gosh uh and second of all that you're using it in that way um and so we've titled this episode freedom junkie shamelessly uh using the name of your podcast so i love that name and so funny the way that you and i found each other i was on instagram scrolling through and you had posted something that caught my attention and so i was listening to it or i think it was a video and and then i glanced freedom junkie cool name i'm gonna reach out and ask you to be on our show and i swear it was the same day that i guess because i liked your page you saw my name pop up and then you reached out and asked me so i'm like this is meant to be but uh why did you start your podcast like what did you hope what do you hope to do with it well it had been fermenting in my mind for years and i tend to come across things that make us freer. And I don't know if it's because that's the path I'm on and that's what I seek or if they just find me, but it's a very large umbrella of anything that can bring more freedom into our lives. Mm -hmm. And I had been talking about having a, a podcast for a couple of years and then New Year's Eve rolled around and someone asked, well, what are you gonna do with your 2021? And I said, well, I wanna finish an album, start a podcast, and and finish my book and they were like well which one comes first and i was like but i need to do the podcast and they said well are you gonna anyway i got pushed by a friend to go ahead and and quit talking the talk and walk the walk so i started it and it's been one of those things where when you're drawn to do it and you're drawn to do it and then you do it it it's you figure out why because it's just yeah. been the greatest and um so i cover like i said anything that brings more freedom into our lives and so I've talked to entrepreneurs about how they create freedom in their lives. I've talked to a lady who bypassed the birth industry entirely. She did um, unattended home births. I did home births and I thought that that was pretty edgy with a midwife, but she did it all herself, just like a mammal. Uh, I've had, well, I talked about anarchy with someone. I have someone scheduled. We're going to be talking about freedom from silicone breasts. There are hundreds of thousands of women being ill from their implants. And this is something women don't know about. And somehow I know about it for, I have four different friends who have been terribly ill, removed their implants and they got all better. So we're going to talk about freedom and talk about boobs uh, in a few weeks. <laughs> I'll be here. Where's that? We're, hey, let's, let's, let's do it now. Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, so yeah. And, and then another one that people don't know about is green burial, freedom from uh, the death industry. You know, you can bypass the death industry altogether. I had a constitutionalist on and I really wanted a female uh, gun advocate and that ended up being you. So anything that, that brings more freedom, it's a huge umbrella right now. I don't know where it's going to go, but that was the idea and it's turning out wonderfully well. I've enjoyed every conversation I've had. People bring their A-game. Yeah, some people awesome. can't even afford to die. You know what? They can't afford the burial. Yeah. I mean, it's that is that is a sick thing that... It's like somebody in the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not... Um, one of uh, one of our good friends, you he ran as a libertarian for city council in in Philadelphia 
I think the two of you would enjoy each other. I'll have to connect you. His name is Maj Ture. And uh, he has talked to us about, you know, like when his child was born, he's like, what, why do I have to, you know, this, um, the birth certificate, like, why, why do we need that? You know, why? And just like marriage, like, why is the government involved in marriage? You know, all these kinds of things. And I had never heard the gut. Why is the government involved in the death process until just now? So I'm watching that episode. Why are they involved in marriage? I mean, a a, a church should be able to do that with no government. Why did, why do they have their hands? Not even a church. It's a contract. Why do they have their hands in the, in marriage? And why does our government have a hand in our marriage? That is, that is a great topic to talk about. I have discussed that. Somebody on that. Yeah, I have. I've discussed that. It's, it's big because common law marriage is, is a thing. I mean, if you, you don't even have to be married and to be married and to have someone in your life, that's your partner. And, and that's a whole other topic, but I would, I, and I'm not an expert on that, but I would, that that's an interesting one. Why does the government need to be involved in our lives at all? Right. Yeah. I mean, your churches, you know, you get married, you get married to your church. You don't have to have a a license from the Mm -hmm. government to, to authorize you to be married. Right. Why should, how did that even come? Some people are, you know, they're, they don't have a a faith like ours. Okay. So so then they can do it on their own. That's what I'm saying. It's their, their freedom to do what they choose. But the only I guess they do it because then they got their hands in their taxes and stuff, you know? We are quickly running out of time and I have so many more questions for you. I'm thinking we're going (laughs) to, I want to be free from this clock that is like staring at me. Um, Golly, what's the most important thing? I guess what's the most exciting thing that you've noticed since starting a freedom junkie podcast uh, and interviewing people, or did we just hit on some of them? Well, you know, the, I'm finding that a lot of the, the interviews that I've had are, they intersect and, and that people are, are talking about our rights and seem to be waking up in a way that we never have been before. And we're being forced. Our hand is being forced as Americans. We're not just laying around wondering what life's all about. We've got a, a meaning and a purpose because as our freedoms, as we see them being taken away, no matter what your what it is that you're an expert in or what you like to talk about or what your favorite things are, we've all got this in common right now. And, and we're finding each other and there's a network of people that are giving each other hope and speaking out and talking about solutions. Mm-hmm. What can we do? Just like you asked, Stan, what, what do we do about the censorship? And so these conversations are happening all over the place all the time. And it's wonderful. People are finding each other. Mm-hmm. And so the know your rights study groups, that's something to me that is so important. And on my website, um, freedomjunkyradio.com, I'm going to start, I just um, launched the website this week. So it's still in its infancy, but I, I have a page where I'm going to start posting the things that people can do to start their own groups, because just as citizens, it is so important as citizens that we understand we our rights, because we don't know, you know, when somebody says, oh, you can't come in here unless you have a mask on, 
for months, everybody thought, oh, I can't go in there without a mask on. And so they put on a mask and, and we we're, we're so nice and that's great. We're, com- we're compliant for the most part, you know, but at some point you start thinking, well, it was two weeks and now it's been two months and now it's been a year. And if, and a lot of us did the research and found out that masks actually spread viruses more than they stop them. And so what are our rights? Do I have to wear one? Don't I have to wear one? So the the study, the the Know Your Rights study group that I've become a part of, we were going to have seven meetings and we were going to have one on natural rights. What are our rights? Then medical rights. And I thought, why do we need to know medical rights? What's that? And it thought, you know, what if you had an accident right now, ended up in the hospital and they said, oh, well, you need the vaccine or we're not going to work on you. And you oh don't, all right, what would you do? You, no one can force you to do anything. No one can force you to inject something in your body. No one can force you to wear anything. Those are your human rights. And, and so we, we have to know what they are. We have to talk about them with other people. We have to empower each other to stand in our rights. Mm -hmm. And if they kick you out of the store and you don't feel like dealing with any more, going any further with it than you have, just tell them I'm not going to shop here anymore. In, in Texas, things have gotten really good where I was in Bucky's yesterday and there were 300 people in there. And like one guy had a mask on. It was amazing. The jig is up. Everybody knows yeah. that that's, you know, over with, but I think um, the, the thing that, that just, I keep coming back around to is that you, I'm talking to you, whoever it is that's listening right now, whoever it is that's watching, I'm talking to you. Talk to your friend that is also interested in knowing what their rights are. Get four of you, get five of you and start a meeting and start putting the word out just to the people that you know, want to know and, and have a meeting once a week. I know people don't like meetings, whatever. We need to know what our rights are so that we feel confident in standing up for them. And that needs to spread like wildfire because Americans, we're holding the torch for the world and they're hoping we keep holding that torch. So just think about how uncomfortable yeah. it was when they made the constitution talk yeah. about uncomfortable yeah. they didn't just have a, a little sofa and tv in front of them and go hey let's let's make a bill of rights mm-hmm. no they were they had a lot of pain and death and mm-hmm. everything else so we should be able to at least do that for sure all right well we have got to get out of here but betsy we are definitely going to have you back on again we have so much to talk about and you know, uh, we're Dave Ramsey followers, you know, he's the get out of debt, stay out of debt guy. And, um, you know, he has a saying that something like, you know, weird is cool or like be the weird one or something like that. And it's a little strange to me that, that freedom minded people, people who question authority and look around, how did we become the weird ones? But that's okay. I'll, I'll be weird right alongside, uh, my fellow weirdos who are you know rediscovering an interest in freedom well what's interesting is what you're saying is that the the weird ones austin is supposed to be we have this saying keep austin weird right we're supposed to be the weird ones and all those people in austin are just masking up and following orders and doing what they're told and getting mad at you if you think freely and so that's what my song is about the um oh yeah yeah Yeah. how do we hear the song uh, so it is available on Spotify or iTunes or Amazon or any of those. 
I had to name it the hook line. I couldn't name it the hook line or it wouldn't have made it through all of the, all the gauntlet. It's also on YouTube. If you want to know the words, just go to Freedom Junkie Radio on YouTube. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. It's, it's Betsy Dewey. Betsy, my name, D-E-W-E-Y. So I have some other music videos on there. The, the one for this song is the lyrics. It goes fast. It's a fast country song. Uh, and that video is, I have, have I put it up on BitChute? I don't know, but it's okay. It, it's made it through. I think the, if you put the closed captions on there in Dutch. So we're all right. Everybody go listen to that and share it. Uh, you'll That's like. Awesome. Yeah. So it's, um, <clears throat> what's in the, uh, the, v. the thing. They what's were, in the V, right. Yeah. That's what you'll walk around singing all day. Your children will too. I you should it. play it. You're welcome to play it on your show, Cheryl. I appreciate that. I'm definitely going to put a link on your guest page. So, all right. Thank you so much. Tell folks how uh, you've just mentioned a couple of ways they can follow you, but, you know, hit them hard with it right now. How can they follow all the work that you're doing? Okay. Well, the, the Freedom Junkie Radio and Betsy Dewey are on YouTube. Also, both of them. So Betsy Dewey Music and Freedom Junkie Radio on Instagram, Facebook, Freedom Junkie Radio on Telegram and the Freedom Junkie Radio chat. Then I also post on BitChute and Rumble. Of course, the podcast is available anywhere you can get a podcast like Spotify and, and iTunes and all that. Very cool. And then there's the website, www.freedomjunkieradio.com. That's awesome. I haven't seen the website yet. I'll go check that out. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. We will definitely have many more conversations in the future. And I'm very curious to watch uh, some of the other interviews that you've done. Um, and thank you again for having me on, on your Freedom Junker Radio. But uh, we will talk again very soon. Well, thank you both. Thank you. Create a wonderful day. Thank right, you. Bye -bye. You too. All right. Bye -bye. Betsy. Dewey. She's awesome. Oh my God. You know, you think about it. How many things that were, were supposed to be free? How many things were not free? And how did that happen? Yeah. It was, it was incrementalism. It was one tiny little. Right. Just a little bit here and there. I mean, who, I, think thing about it. at a time. Why just would the government layer. be involved in, in weddings? Why is the government involved in so many things that we, so we're not really free when they do that. But I, you know, I was talking also about the signs, you know, like the, if I, if I make this piece of paper and I take a sign, you know, I make a sign and I say, you will, in, he who enters this house will not disagree with me. And I put that at the front door. <laughs> is that going to work? Do you, well, it, mm, is it going to work? No. Okay, then why <laughs> would a gun-free zone sign work? What's, you know what, what's honey, why? Uh, this history is a would show us they paper. don't. They don't work. But, they but don't work. I, I want control. I, uh, we yeah. But you have to, because the sign says. <laughs> you the sign says, I can't disagree with you. Right. See, and you're already okay. doing it. You know what? You know what? You put that up. We'll see how that goes. Let I'm me just, know how that's working I'm just for trying you. to, if the no firearm sign works. Yeah, but it doesn't. Oh, that's, oh, wait a minute. It doesn't work, does it? Oh, wait a minute. It doesn't. What? All right. We got to get out of yeah. here. Oh. Uh, thank you so much to our awesome guest, Betsy Dewey. Thank you to our awesome yeah. listeners all over the world. Everywhere. Uh, everywhere there's internet, we have listeners and we value you. We see you. We appreciate you. 
Your time is your most valuable commodity. And when you spend it with us, that's everything. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to um, see any of our other episodes, you can, and you want to watch them, you can see us on YouTube until they kick us off on GunStreamer and on the smartphone app called Ops Lens. And if you want to just listen to the audio only version, go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. Darling. If you'd like to see photos and bios and works of all of our guests, including Betsy Dewey, who is on today, click the guest tab. And it is a tremendous resource of subject matter experts. And right. we don't hate it when you spend time there. All right. We have got to get on out of here. So we are going to pray for this nation, pray for our leaders. We'll call them leaders. And, how, you know, we'll, how about the ones you don't like? Yes. Pray for them. Maybe especially the ones you don't like. Pray for them. All right. Until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.